The following is a presentation of the Pro Wrestling Report, TV and radio. Informative, entertaining, and real since 1998. March 24, 97. Matthew Thomas, along with the man they call Coughing Head. Uh, Matthew, ever since uncensored to WCW, has to hear the NWO. And anytime they want a shot, if they want a title shot, if they want their music played at the beginning of the show, they have carte blanche. Matthew Thomas. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and I mean, that really has given us the opportunity. I know ever since he came in the company, you've been saying, man, I can't wait till Macho Man Randy Savage gets a title shot at the TV title, and uh, your dreams came true tonight. Well, dream match in my life has always been Macho <laughs> Iakea. So, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where you're putting together your super card at the top of my super card, mm-hmm. the Macho Man Randy Savage, and the TV champion Prince Iakea. It's just it's a, it's amazing what what things are possible now in WCW. Things are possible. Things are always always possible. It's also possible that there's enough wrestling fans in Duluth, Minnesota, to fill the building. And folks, it was a hot crowd. We're gonna break it down for you and react to it tonight. It's WCW Nitro again, March twenty fourth, nineteen ninety seven. Matthew, the show <coughs> opens up with. Dean Malenko, the United States champion, in a very solid match tonight. And uh, your thoughts on the match and him uh, in his promo after, uh, kind of well, not really calling out Eddie and Six so much because he's you know, saying that Eddie's part of the NWO and they're colluding together, colluding against him, but really saying that he's calling out Chris Benoit. Yeah, uh, interesting here. I, I, I don't know, but I... I thought it was a solid match, and I really liked the crowd's reaction. Again, go back to what you said earlier. If if I didn't know this was Minnesota, I would have thought it was Charlotte, or I would have thought it was a, another WCW NWA stronghold. This was a very very strong crowd tonight. Well, technically, so this it, was this is NWA or AWA country. So yeah. I guess you know, especially with opening the show with Larry the Axe Henning, father of Kurt Henning. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, but uh, no, I mean, Malenko, look, he's one of the stars of the company. He he really is he, in, in the sense that he is what separates WCW from the WWF, from the competition. And that, again, we've said it time and time again, I think that's what that's what's going to help propel that company more so than Hogan and uh, – Nash and Savage and Hall. I think you've got some big names there, but down the road, you 
really need to having that originality there and somebody like a Malenko, somebody like a Guerrero. And, and look, I mean, I get, you know, they, they're coming from their stand in ECW. It's not like they're WCW homegrown originals, but they are homegrown originals in the fact they have not graced the WWF stage. And when I see Guerrero or I see DDP, I just feel like that is the genuine WCW. That's the direction the company needs to move in because, again, God Hogan and Savage and Nash and Hall, it's great. It's star power. I get it, but it just comes across as, okay, these are the WWF guys that they're banking on now. You know, it's it's just a complete different feeling when you see somebody like that in a match versus somebody like a Guerrero or a Malenko or a, you know a Mysterio, somebody that has not. And I, you know, I get that I'm naming guys that have all been in ECW and have all been in other <laughs> promotions overseas, but you know, it's still it's it's that you still feel like you've got that WCW originality there versus somebody who served time in WWF versus most of your NWO stable, which are at least (laughs) versus your NWO stable, which unfortunately is bunch of majority part of bunch of WWF guys. Yeah. Um, uh, Malenko is solid. Uh, needs work, um, talking on a microphone, but it works for him. Um, Mm-hmm. His yep. wrestling style works with his mic style. So if he didn't wrestle like that and he was uh, wrestling like, say, maybe a Hogan wouldn't, that mic style wouldn't work right. because there's nothing to draw you right. in. But because he's such a solid wrestler, that mic style works. And he is the Iceman. I mean, it's, if he was, you know, if his gimmick name was like Flappy McPancake Tits, um, you know, the, the monotone talk and the angry talk with the Band-Aid over the eye yeah. wouldn't work. But because he's the Iceman, he's the man of a thousand holds, he is the gritty, grinding, mechanic wrestler. Yeah, you know what? The the, the monotone style works. It absolutely works. He beats Conan uh, relatively quick. Uh, gets him to tap out to the Texas Cloverleaf. Mortis. And I think that presentation works, too. Works, too, yeah. for somebody like that that's more of a technically sound wrestler. It reminds me a lot, not stylistically, but as far as the mic delivery and the whole package, it reminds me a lot of Bret Hart. Not the most polished guy on the microphone, but an athlete in the ring that you believe it. When I listen to Malenko, I believe that's how that guy would come across. Just like when I listen to Bret Hart, I believe that's how that athlete would come across. Listen yeah. to professional sports, you know, you're – you don't always have your, your Michael Jordan is not going to get on the mic after the game and cut this eloquent promo. You know, you just have in all sports, you have these people. Your Mike, that Tyson, are... <laughs> your Mike Tyson's of the world will not come out. The guy that's knocking people out. Go, yeah, I went ahead and I hit him in the face and then uh, I gave him a uppercut. Oh, wait, that's how Mike talks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You want to talk about a mismatch right there? I mean, one of the baddest men on the planet. Uh, by the way, I should get that uh, copyrighted and f- coined before anybody uses it. One of the baddest men on the planet. Uh, he comes out talking like he's. Yeah, I, I don't know. I like to punch people. <laughs> it's fun. Has Has he been off uh, Holyfield's ear yet, or is that later this year? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Pause. <laughs> that happens after Matthew. Unpause. Welcome back to 1997, March 24th, 1997.
Oh, man. Mortis defeats Jerry Flynn with the flatliner in about uh, four and a half minutes. Um, I'm liking the look of Mortis. Uh, The only thing that bothered me was I couldn't stop focusing on all the black paint on his goatee. Yeah, well, I mean, he's getting up there in age a little bit and might use it as a way to kind of darken up. How does a guy like that, after the show's over, how does a guy like that go out to get something at the Denny's? There's no way all of that washed out right away. There's no way. No, he just lit, he just lives the gimmick. Uh, he's not getting order food from Denny's then. <laughs> he's gonna have to sit in the back of the car. Somebody else is gonna have to drive, and he's gonna have to order through them because he's not getting an order looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> Laparca was a humongous. Hum- I mean, dude, that belt had to be had to be almost an entire Ray Mysterio Jr. size uh, of a big skull. <laughs> what was that belt? I don't know, but it was kind of scary. That um, I don't know if I was scared so much as in the size of that thing. I mean, dude, if you take a, a shot to the head with the belt with that one, I mean, it head-to-head contact. You know, I'd throw a 15-yard flag on that thing. That thing is humongous. But anyways, the Parker defeats Juventus Guerrero with the corkscrew drive. Um, uh, it was a little sloppy, but still... Uh, you know, fun to watch. I, I couldn't believe that Juventus lost to La Parca. Um, little commentary talk. Uh, Tony Schiavone during the match says, "I saw Kevin Hall or Kevin Nash backstage, but not Scott Hall, uh, which was kind of odd because the NWO is still going strong." They said, "Ah, it must be the weather. You know, it is March in Duluth, so it could still be you know 27 feet of snow." Uh, but uh, Scott, <coughs> excuse me, folks, a little on our weather here. Scott Hall. Um, conspicuous by his absence. Any word on the uh, on the WCW hotline, Matthew, about where Scott Hall might be? Uh, no, nothing on Scott Hall, but uh, he did say that some uh, some guy was having breakfast with another guy. So there's that. <laughs> there's that, which is nice. <laughs> uh, you know, the Dalai Lamas, uh, you know, uh, uh, is big off the tee, long off the tee. Um the history between the Steiners and the Outsiders, they, they kind of recap everything, you know, losing the belt, having Dr. Harvey Schiller. And, I, again, watching that promo again where Eric goes, uh, uh, sorry, Doctor, listen here, Harvey. I think it, you know, I understood it to be in my contract. You know, nothing ever came of that. You're suspended. What? And he was back on the show that night. That's an angle. I mean, if you're going to do something on TV, let's play it out. Let's see how it goes. Literally. You had a big, hot segment that got crushed at the end of the evening. Didn't even get any kind of payoff from it. Matthew, thoughts on the uh, the recap? And, again, where the hell is Dr. Harvey Schiller to remind Eric Bischoff he's so, you know, supposed to be suspended? I think they got their signals crossed, and Harvey Schiller was the one who got suspended because we haven't seen him since. Uh, ah. Now, this recap here, there's, there's nothing like a – Nothing like uh, causing a car accident and filming it to to really uh, you know stir up some heat between two tag teams. So yeah, it's just uh, it, it's been a very interesting road with uh, with the Steiners and, and was the that NWO. a play on words because there was the car accident? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, just checking exactly because I mean you are a clever 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 boy, but I wasn't sure if that was mm-hmm. a play on words that I thought it was. Uh, you are very observant tonight. You are correct, sir. Sorry. Um, you know, just all excited because obviously Johnny just retiring and Ed McMahon, you know, having nothing left to do. You are correct, sir. 
<coughs> yeah. Oh, Ed, I miss you. Uh, danger, Matthew. It's time for high voltage, and they're taking on public enema. When chaos pinned Johnny Grunge after Jeff Jarrett hit him with the Halliburton, what was J double F J A double R E double T doing out at ringside? Uh, makes you makes you kind of scratch your head and wonder, doesn't it? Hmm. While the ref was checking on Rage, that's when Deborah and Jeff hit the ring and Jared Clavers grunge with the Halliburton and allowed Chaos to pick up the win. Now, Tony says this is the biggest win of High Voltage's career. Uh, Tony doing a pretty solid job on commentary tonight. Now, back in the aisle, Mongo has met up with Jared and his wife, and he's not happy and asks if they are setting him up. Feels like he's being set up. You know, literally, that is Mongo McMichael's wife, and she's always out at ringside with Jeff Jarrett. I'd be asking some questions, especially because whatever's in the water that got woman to go from Kevin Sullivan to Chris Benoit, and they're bouncing around back and forth over there. Matthew, what's going yeah. on in the uh, WCW it, locker but, room? But, yeah, but it's just been dropped. Like, you had that area of contention there, uh, you know, early on where she was trying to get him to become a horseman. Since they're, since Since he is a horseman now, I guess they can just run around and, uh, you know, nothing's Nothing's that uh, nothing stems from it. So, do you think yeah. that Dipper is riding him, uh, putting him away, or riding him hard and putting him away wet? That is that is a possibility. That's horse talk right there. Thank you very much. I'll be mm-hmm. here all week. Mm-hmm. Psychosis to beat <laughs> Super Callow with the guillotine leg drop. Um, nothing really standing out about this match, uh, but you know, it's a solid match technically. Um, any thoughts? On uh, this match, I mean, I thought it was kind of standard issue, but still, that's, that's not bad. It was solid, solid. Yeah, no. It, again, it was it, it. It felt a bit like filler, but it was uh, it, it was good filler, if that makes sense. So. Oh, you mean like the cheese inside of a hot pocket? Got it. Like the che- like the cheese inside of a like the cheese inside of a hot pocket. Uh, as a matter of fact, I want to rewind a second. Uh, I want to get back on uh, Ed McMahon. Meathead, do you uh, off the top of your head? What was the name of the sweepstakes company that Ed McMahon works for? Uh, that was Publishers Clearinghouse. Aha! You are wrong. That's what many people think, but it's actually American Family Publishing. Ed McMahon, ah. believe it or not, has never been associated with Publishers Clearinghouse. Really? Hmm. You know, Matthew, little I felt like of, this was a Saturday morning on NBC. Trivia. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, a Saturday morning on NBC. The more you know. <laughs> there you go. Second hour, we've got Shivani, we've got Tanae, and now we've got Bobby Heenan. Harlem Heat defeats the Faces of Fear when Booker pins Ming with the roll-up. Uh, Sister Sherry gets knocked off, and the uh, Booker gets the win <coughs> for the Harlem Heat. Um, lots of stuff going on in here in the you know match as well, obviously, but... Uh, Harlem Heat getting the win. Harlem Heat still moving on strong here. Thoughts? Yeah, no, I think that's they're still one of the more uh, iconic tag teams in, in WCW, and uh, glad to see him pick up the win. And again, I mean, just to to reiterate, crowd again really hot for this match. The the crowd I think really made this show tonight. Really well, it is Duluth, Minnesota, and besides WCW coming into town, where Stagger Lee Marshall told us about <laughs> last week. Uh, besides WCW coming to town, uh, what have they been doing? Hmm? They've just what have they been, been all kind of huddled up trying to keep warm with each other. 
I mean, it's kind of funny if you really think about it. How many weeks ago was it? Two, three weeks ago, we were just in Panama City Beach, you know? Yeah. Suntans and, you know, bikinis and bathing suits and drunk co-eds. And now, literally a couple of weeks later, we're talking about the weather, and Scott Hall can't make it to the building. <laughs> it is what it, it makes is. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? Women's action, Matthew. Hot damn. Malia Hoska, Hosaka, excuse me, uh, is defeated by Mad USA, otherwise known as Medusa, who they reiterated is the number one contender for the WCW Women's Championship. Um, Tony is selling a bad back for Medusa, but that's not going to stop her from getting that championship back. She is victorious tonight. Your thoughts on women's action on Nitro? It was a really nice change of pace. And, uh, again, we talk about some of these matches on Nitro kind of feeling like filler. You put a women's division in there, you know, give us give us a couple women's matches a night, give us a couple of cruiserweight matches, give us a couple of your more, you know, main event heavyweights there. I think you've got a really, really solid card. Your typical Bobby joking about Stagger Lee, Stagger Lee joking about Bobby segment. We're going to move on because none of it was funny. Heck, saw Jim Duggan defeats the Renegade. Um, and now again, you know, you're talking about a guy that did a promo on a beach running around, you know, with Heck, saw Jim Duggan, of course. Um, and now we're back into a snow-covered Duluth, Minnesota. Here's a question for you. Obviously, Jim Duggan wins with the taped fist. It was made very clear that not only is he carrying one roll of tape down there, he's carrying two rolls of tape in his trunks, and I was very creeped out. He made eye contact with me while I was watching when he dug his hand into his pants. Thoughts? And then he proceeded to throw it in the audience. Oh. To throw it in the audience both times. Initially, right before the match started, he throws it into the audience, and then after the finish, he throws it in the audience. So, yeah, uh, somebody, some, some, some little boy somebody or girl. Somebody, give me a around. doctor. I feel like a singing Van Halen song. <laughs> somebody, give me a shot. <laughs> because you're going to need a penicillin shot, sir. <laughs> hey now. You, do you think? Do you think that? Do you think that the tape was warm when they caught it? Oh, I think the tape was covered with short and curlies is what I think. <laughs> hey, you got a little hair on there, tough guy. Ho! <laughs> this show has gone off the rails. That's how Jim Duggan with the victory over the Renegade. Steiner Brothers uh, get a victory over the amazing French Canadians when Rick Steiner pinned the car Ole after Jacques Rajou accidentally hit him with the boot. Uh, that's not what that's a boot. Uh, Scotty Steiner trying to get, for some reason, trying to get that French-Canadian flag in the ring for like the last five minutes of the match. He keeps getting told, no, sir, this is not where the flag goes. I want to bring in the flag. No, sir, this is not where the flag goes. I felt like that was going on forever. I mean, once you're told about that, I mean, I understand you're stalling to get the other stuff going on, but it just felt like it went on forever. Matthew, what would you think? Yeah, it really didn't do, really didn't do uh, a ton for me here. Well, something that did do a ton for me specifically, and hopefully for you too, the dream match we've all been talking about, the Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. With the entire New World Order, he wrestled Prince Iakea, the current television champion, to a no contest because DDP, wearing his Minnesota Gophers uh, parka, or uh, like, I don't know, shag carpet sweatshirt, because that thing looked like it was about five pounds thick, 
um, ran through the crowd, jumped in the ring, interfered in the match, and then took a beatdown. Um, DDP, I understand he's hot, and he was going after Randy Savage after, you know, the pictures of Kimberly. But, uh, dude, it was literally, even if you count IK in on what he did, it was literally going to be like seven on two. Bischoff got his shots in. Vince got his shots in. You know, Vincent, uh, six got his shots in. They all got their shots in. Macho Man <coughs> spray-painted Ikea. Nash spray-painted uh, Macho. Macho spray-painted uh, DDP. Excuse me. Nash spray-painted DDP, and so did Macho as well. Um, no Hogan, no Scott Hall. The NWO was on a roll, my friend, and uh, they – didn't even get the belt, and it was DDP that technically saved IKEA from losing the belt, but they still stand tall at the end of the show. Matthew, overall, how did you think it went? Overall, I thought it was thought it was a good show, and like I said, part of that is due to uh, this really, really good crowd. It got me excited about everything from the open match to the mid- middle of the car to the to the main event. And uh, again, I will say, I think they're kind of tells you what they think of DDP, having him in the closing segment like that, again, as each week goes by. He opened and closed him because the opening segment was his as well, confronting Macho. Yep. Yeah, I feel like, you know, as the weeks go on, DDP is looking stronger and stronger, and that's really – I feel like he right now has probably the biggest meteoric rise since the formation of of the NWO because the NWO is – hot of an angle has it's been. It just really hasn't – I feel like a lot of people have kind of been stagnated in that card since last summer, but DDP is kind of the one that this thing seems to have the potential to make. Yeah, it was not bad. Um, like I said, missing technically Hogan and Hall, uh, you felt it. You, you knew that they were gone. So uh, we'll have to check in on uh, where Scott Hall was this week. Uh if the weather was legitimate or not. So, Matthew, uh, that is all tonight. Folks, again, don't forget to join us this next week. More breakdown as we make our way to Spring Stampede and Chris Benoit a horse talking to Arn Anderson with women talking about disputes or something, whatever crazy-ass commercial that was. So for Matthew, I'm the man to call me dead. Thanks for stopping by. So long, everyone. <laughs>